Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. Kelly Bond White, what a thrill it is to have you with us. Uh, you are a busy head coach at Southern Illinois, and you are on the recruiting trail today. Tell us what you're doing, first of all, because you're not in your office. I am not. I am not. I am in, I'm next to Nurse Schaefer's office, next to the dean's office at a Catholic school outside of Chicago. And uh, we just had a thrilling overtime where a kid nailed about a 30-footer uh, to send it to overtime. So uh, the adrenaline was pumping. I looked at my watch. and. I sprinted across uh, the court to get to a corner where you guys could hear me. Well, you know something about sprinting because you have been on one big sprint since you agreed to take this job at Southern Illinois. What's it been like for you as a first-year head coach in the Missouri Valley so far? You know what? Nonstop. Nonstop. Since April, um, when we got here, we had uh, five, six kids on the roster. So uh, we probably didn't have everybody on the roster until September uh, after classes started. Um, and then so you don't get the opportunity to implement your system uh, until we got all those kids there. Um, but since then, we've just been on the run, got the staff assembled and uh, just been nonstop, just trying to build chemistry, uh, bringing 14 new kids together with only one. Kiera Love was the only one that really got significant minutes. So it's just been a whirlwind, uh, just just building the team. Before we talk about your team, I want to talk about your journey a little bit, because you have had your name in the mix for a lot of jobs over the years, and you finally decided that this was the one that you wanted to take. Why is that? You know, one of the things that I've been a part of ever since I was a student athlete um, at Illinois, um, I've been a part of program building. And so I've watched coaches, uh, Hall of Famers build programs. And the one thing that I've seen from them is that you have to be someplace that truly cares about women's basketball. So I've been very particular um, over the years. And on top of that, I love my job. I love the freedom Coach Blair gave me. I love the individuals uh, I was working with and was, uh, the opportunity to fit my family as well once I got married and had a child. So very particular about relocating my family if I didn't believe in something. It was a perfect time to come home uh, to Illinois. I've seen my family. They've been with me for both holidays. They're here with me now. But just being able to have access to them as my, uh, I have two left uh, of my mother's siblings. Um, so as the family starts increasing, Debbie, your priorities change. And it was time for me to spend time, not just long distance and be a checkbook to be, but be able to spend time with my family. You referenced Gary Blair and your reference family. I think they kind of go together for you because Gary and you have had such a great partnership and relationship over the years, building, as you said, um, national championships because you built a national mm -hmm. championship power at Texas A&M and you were a part of that staff that won that national championship in 2011. Uh, when, you, when you think about Gary and you know all the things that Gary has meant to the game and everything he's done, he's a hall of famer, you know, he's quite a character. Uh, we know what kind of golfer he is, but you have been around him probably more than anyone else outside his wife or his ex-wife. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got seniority on the new wife. I've been around a little bit longer. Uh, but yeah, can you hear me? You yeah. Lose me, did you? Okay. Um, I think the biggest thing that I built from him is to find and let the community get to know your young ladies first. There's a story in each one of those young ladies that are there. 
And that's what we did when we hit the ground running. We jumped into the community. While we didn't have the whole team, we had our whole community that we could invest in. And so we've already doubled our budget just from community uh, support of the program that they believe in where we're going and where we're taking this. And that's something that Coach Blair brought me. I think he's one of the hardest working people uh, in the industry. And I just watched him go door to door for people to buy into the program. And slowly but surely, we broke season ticket sales um, this year. And we're building a product that people, not just a product, but our young ladies are building something that our community will believe in. And I think that's how you start a program and begin to develop a program. I mean, you're literally talking door to door. We all know Gary passing out candy, going door to door, selling season tickets when he was at A&M, trying to get people invested in the game and trying to get them to love the game as much as you do. Where does your love from the game stem from, Kelly? Oh, I think it started. Um, I, I grew up in that Bulls era with Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan and all of that. But then once I got uh, into Arthur Penny for Whitney Young High School um, and just learning how to be a point guard, I think that's where I fell in love with it. But then when I got to the college level and understood how much time went into the process with Teresa Grant, Kathy McConnell, they taught me the game at a different level. Um, and they knew I was a coach before I knew I was a coach, just running the scout team my last two years. And I think that's where it happened. And then being in being involved with folks that were just great minds of the game, like a Bob Stark and a Vic Schaefer, that, to watch how detail-oriented it is, that's where I fell in love with it, and that's where I'm trying to give back to, to my kids. And when I look at all our point guards, every last one of them from Texas a and is either still playing or they're coaching. And I think that's because you fall in love with the game and understand it at a different level. I mean, that's that's quite amazing when you start looking back at all the people that have had an influence on how you see the game, how you approach the game, how you sell the game, how you recruit the game, all the things that you've, you've just mentioned. Uh, you mentioned Whitney Young, and I know there's a bunch of players that have come out of that program that have gone on to have some career in the game and around the game. When you start thinking about, you know, your roots in Chicago, Whitney Young, that high school, besides Teresa and Suze, um, and Kathy and, and Gary and Vic and Bob and, and the people that you mentioned, yeah. What about your high school roots? Man, they're huge. I have uh, Arthur Penny passed away, who was my head coach. But the man that was like my dad, Hank Hicks, is 75 years old. He's in the gym right now. He found me this corner to come to. And my daughter is here on crutches. And so Hank is watching her right now. But Hank Hicks found me in the backyard, pooping on one of my neighbor's rims. And uh, I walked across the street. And in fifth grade, they said, hey, what school do you want to go to? And I said, Whitney Young, it was the best academic school, best athletic program at the time. And everybody started clapping. And I was like, what the heck are they clapping for? And I didn't know that was one of the Whitney Young coaches standing there, had no idea. So it started for me in fifth grade. And to be able to watch my daughter through her lens now as a fifth grader playing on a middle school team, it's come full circle. And uh, I love her being in the state, being able to watch Illinois basketball, seeing all the reporters that I grew up with. It's a special moment. You know what, Kelly, and today you, you talk about everybody has a story, and I love that because I do think every kid has a reason why they play, someone that's helped influence them, somebody's been a part of their journey. And then people think that, you know, a lot of athletes are so entitled today. I see a lot of hard work, sweat equity. I see a different side of it. When you think about the way you came up through the game in Chicago, inner city, you know, uh, Whitney Young, and then all the people that have had influence on you, what would you say to, to your pl players now about 
why you need to love the moment that you're in and, and just enjoy the game and the teammates and do the, do the very best that you can. You know, one of the things that I tell them that I just told them in our locker room standing in Chicago after our last game is you don't have many choices. I didn't have many choices coming out of Chicago if I wanted to make my life better and be the best player that I couldn't be. I had to be selfish with my dreams. And so one of the biggest things that I tell our kids is you owe you. You owe yourself this opportunity. You owe yourself to show and really sell out and give and just be the best that you can be without all the excuses, eliminating all the outside noise. Do the work because you owe you. And at the end of the day, you can't control the process. You can't control the outcome, but how you respond to it. If you just do what you're supposed to do, God has a way of opening up many doors for you. And that's what I see in my life. Um, and that's what I'm trying to teach our young ladies and, as well as my daughter. That gives me chills actually thinking about what that impact must be on your campus with your young team and, you know, trying to connect your kids together on both ends of the floor. And, you know, I care about offense, but you're a pretty good defensive team. You're number one in the league in steals. You're number one in turnover margin. You're second in, uh, you, you're, I think four of your last six, uh, four of your last six opponents have been one or two possession games. So you're right in there and you know, winning and losing some of those games. What, what do you think uh, has been the biggest thing that you've learned in your first year sitting there as a head coach? You know, I think really the biggest thing is instilling confidence in your young ladies. You have to make right now as they're going through their question and everything, especially when you have a team that's built like ours is, you have a group of young ladies that didn't contribute a lot to last year's team because they had super seniors. I think they graduated six or seven seniors that played a lot of minutes. And then you bring in young ladies from the portal that, you know what, they're in the portal for different reasons, but a lot of them didn't play, you know, a lot last year. I had to sit out last year. So the thing that you have to remind them of is you kind of got to go back some layers and remind them that you've done this. You've done this before. You're capable of doing this. Stick together. They're always almost waiting kind of for that other shoe to drop, like, oh, is this going to work or something like that. So the biggest thing that we spent our time doing is just trying to instill in them to stay together, to stay together, stay to one accord, and, and we'll get this thing done. It won't be easy. And I told them that from the beginning. So I think what you see with us is, I hate the term, but it's growing pains. I don't, I'm not a patient person, um, but there, there's the reason that they call it growing pains. Because at the beginning of the year, at first game, we're like, oh my God, okay, what is this? And then you just get to the work and you take it step by step and you start seeing it. So even through the feet, we've seen our young ladies grow. And, and you mentioned defense first. I'm so glad you did because there was one point where I pulled up the stat sheet and we were 349th in the country in, in defense, the very last place to you on team. And I just stuck it on the board in there. And I said, we got a decision to make. There's no place to go. We're already at the bottom, guys. And so after every game, I see the commitment getting better, my challenging my staff. Uh, just to make us really uncomfortable. And I think that's the biggest word for us right now is learning to be uncomfortable. I mean, isn't that what it is all about, really? I mean, using basketball as a vehicle to help you with your life after college. College is a place where you're supposed to learn and grow. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to figure it out. You're going to make a mistake in a game. Try not to make back-to-back. -back. You know, it's just a small microcosm of what we're really supposed to be teaching. And, and I know you're an excellent teacher on the floor. How's it been for you in the Valley like getting ready for some of these opponents. And I know you knew the league well before you took the job because you knew what you were getting into with uh, the quality mm -hmm. of the league. But what, what has been probably one or two things that maybe you're a little surprised that you didn't think that you were anticipating? 
you know, I just think that the league is, I think this league is built. I think you have some fantastic offensive teams and I think people can put up numbers uh, in this league. Um, and I think that is something that just having to stop for a moment and try to plug the group to understand defensively. This is where we have to get it done. Early on, we were putting up numbers and I think we were second offensively, second half the second scoring offense in the league. Mm-hmm. And I think as you get there, you almost, what I find myself doing, Nick Saban referred to it as defending ghost. You almost over-prepare sometimes and try, what else could they do? What, how could they come this? And then it's just the availability, I think, everybody from Drake to everybody has been hit with the injury bug or, or something. Um, mm-hmm. And so learning how to overcome who's available for you night in and night out, whether it be sickness, I think those are the things that as a first year coach that you just have to stop and pivot and say, okay, we don't have this today. Let's do this instead. That's probably been the most challenging thing in the league. Well, I'm excited that you took time away from recruiting. We don't want to keep you away. Uh, we know you're looking in for some shooters in there. So we're, we're going to- You already know. <laughs> I want to thank you so much, Kelly, for spending time with us. And, uh, you know, we're, we love that your team works so hard and, and just keep doing what you're doing because you're on the right path. You're trending in the right direction. And uh, it's exciting to watch what you've been able to do from the beginning of the season to now. Well, I appreciate it. My daughter has my, uh, my coaching pad, so she's getting all the notes for me. She's already told me who not to recruit and who to recruit. So she knows more than I do at 10 already. You know what? I think there's a podcast in the future of kids in the league, the parents are, are coaches, because I've always said that you have no idea how much these kids know about the game from listening and watching their parents, whether it's on the floor, in practice, uh, watching film at home, having conversation around the table, all the things that they take in. It's just really interesting. What do you think about that? You think your daughter could do it? She would run it. She would snatch the mic and run with it. Be sitting right next to you. She said, Mommy, if they got their hands up, they could get some detentions. And I said, some detentions? They got to get their hands up on defense. Mommy, they get some detentions. I said, deflections, Lauren. She was like, oh, yeah, 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 deflections. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, Kelly, thank you so much. You're the best, and I appreciate everything you've done. And congratulations on your success so far. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, Debbie.